I read a spiritual book written by an Abuna, and it was talking about how wearing perfume is a sin. Can you elaborate on this idea? I don't think it's a sin, unless a person is very, very preoccupied with the vanity of the world. So, if you are preoccupied with the vanity of the world, that's sin. But just wearing perfume is not sin in itself. How can one love God? I can be obeying and be conscious of my hierarchical position, but it does not constitute true love. So how can genuinely have love directed toward God? The Lord told us, he who loves me, obey my commandment. Let me tell you something. Any virtue, any virtue can be applied on two levels. The level of the will, the mind, and the level of the heart. For example, loving God. Maybe I cannot have these emotions inside my heart toward God. But I can make a decision to love God and to obey his commandments. And when I am faithful in obeying the commandment of God, God actually will process this love from the level of the will and the mind to the level of the heart. Then I can feel this love inside my heart. Humbleness. You cannot have a switch and touch your heart to be a humble person. But you can do that by your will. You make a decision to do the exercises of humbleness, like obedience, like serving others, like taking the last seat, putting others in honor before you. And when God sees your faithfulness in these exercises, then he will change your heart. How does the church deal with domestic violence? Definitely the church is against domestic violence. And uh, the church, number one, seeks the safety of the family. The church actually encourages the person who is angry to get courses in anger management, to know how to control his, his anger. The rest of the question about divorce in case of domestic violence, every case is different. And I want to differentiate between separation or divorce and permit for remarriage. For example, maybe because of the safety, if there is a a high risk on the the family, on the member of the family from a person who is really angry, maybe the church for the safety, they allow separation. But for divorce and remarriage, The Bible says clearly there is no divorce except for sexual immorality. If we want to protect the the family from the violence, the church may agree on separation. But divorce and remarriage only allowed if there is sexual immorality. What are some reasons the church accepts to allow a divorce? There is no divorce except for sexual immorality, as the Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 19. I sometimes use personal prayer time at night as a therapy session with God. Instead of standing up and praying, I sit down and talk with him as if he is my therapist. What do you think? Before whom stand the angels and the archangels and the principalities. 
and stand before God and ask healing. He is the physician of our souls, body, and spirits. You can talk with him as your physician. We speak to him for the sick as our physician and who are seeking therapy. No, stand. It's, it's a sign of respect for God. Yeah. Who is the sinful woman that was in the book of Luke? Some say it is sister of Lazarus. And some people say it's Mary Magdalene. And you know, there are many theories, but again, as long as it is not revealed in the scripture, we refer to her as the sinful woman in the house of Simeon the Pharisee. Some people will be asked about second priest for churches that need second priest. Yes, God will. Is it selfish for me to want to travel with the possibility of living in another state or country if it means leaving my parents here? Number one, your parents. Do they need you or not? Number two, why why just you are want to leave for work or just you want to, to leave your family and go to another place? And this country or this state doesn't have church, Coptic church, you will be close to the church. So you need to examine your motive. Are you moving for selfish reasons or you are moving because of necessity? If eternity is infinitely longer than our life on earth, how can we be motivated to care about anything earthly like our career or business and not only spiritual matters? Do we have an assignment by God to fulfill here on earth? Yes, we were created for purpose. God doesn't create us haphazardly, but created each one of us for a purpose, for a goal. And we need actually to be faithful. Do you remember what the Lord said? You were faithful on what's least, I will appoint you on what's much. So we need to be faithful here on earth, in our career, in in business, definitely in, in our spiritual life. And because of this faithfulness, God actually will assign us in heaven, a portion in heaven. But as the Lord said, seek first the kingdom of God, of his righteousness, and all these things will be granted to you. My brother is in high school and he is a deacon. He attends liturgy every Sunday and Sunday school and prays before he sleeps at night. The issue is he watches pornography and doing terrible things and having a very low self-esteem. I don't want to tell my parent about it and try to give him hints that what he is doing is sin, but he never listens. He's also have a father of confession and he usually confesses every two months or so. What do you advise me to do with him? You need to talk to him clearly, not just giving him hint. Pornography is addictive. Maybe he wants to quit, but he doesn't know how. You know, in it changes, there are six stages of change. Unwilling, dreaming, willing, acting, persevering, and overcoming. So these are the six stages. You need to to see in which stage he is. He is unwilling or he is dreaming. Dreaming means, yes, it would be nice, but I don't think it's possible. So just like a dream. Or he is willing or he is acting on it. Or persevering means he just, it's ups and down, or did he overcome? 
because the support that you give him in each stage is different. If he is unwilling, think how to motivate him, to give him hope he can overcome this addictive habit. If he's dreaming again, sharing some success stories and motivation and giving him hope and trust in God, this will help him. If he is willing, you need to put an action plan with him. And one important thing in action plan is what we call radical amputation. The Lord said, if your eye causes you to sin, block it out. He did not say close it. So if I want to quit pornography, I need to get rid of the internet completely. And if there is assignment, if there is some work I need to do it, I will do it in a public area and open space in front of everybody. But I should not have access to internet if, if I want to quit pornography. Like a person who is addicted to any drug, they put him in rehab center in which there is no access to drugs. This part of the detox uh, for the pornography. Then if he's acting, then you need to follow up with him and see what are the barriers, what are the challenges. And the, the support during this stage is very important. If he is persevering, ups and down, ups and down, he needs encouragement in this stage. And, and to tell him, you will do it. You will overcome through the grace of God, supported during this stage until he reaches the last stage, which is overcoming through the grace of God. So just don't give him hints. Speak to him directly about it. Why does the Lord Jesus Christ use the term Son of Man when he referred to himself in the Bible to say he is indeed a perfect human as he is a perfect divine? And the two natures are united together. Because if he did not use this term, many people would, be, would believe in the heresy of Eutychus, that the divinity, dis- sorry, the humanity dissolved completely in the, in the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 7, verse 55, about St. Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus is standing at the right hand of God. The question, how and when Jesus is in God and God is in Jesus? Yes, God is in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord God the Father in Jesus and Jesus is in God. But Jesus, when he ascended, he ascended with his glorified body. Here, St. Stephen saw the glory God doesn't have right hand or or left hand, by the way. But he saw the glory of God, like how Peter and John and James on the Mount of Transfiguration saw the glory of God. And then in the right hand of God, so the Lord Jesus Christ was seen in the glory, in the power of God. That's the right hand of God, in the power of God, or or in in, in in the glory of the Father. That's what actually the, the vision he saw. And, and the vision actually is just a vision. The vision is something to make us understand a message, but it doesn't reflect the reality. What do I mean by this? Like John in book of Revelation saw a lamb 
as if it is slattered, and he took the scroll from the hand of the Father. Is Jesus in heaven, we'll see him as a lamb, slattered, but this is just a vision. So the vision that John saw, or the vision that St. Stephen saw, it is just a vision to send us a message that Jesus is glorified. Jesus is the power of God. That what this means. I always hear when someone asks if God dies in preaching that our Lord Jesus Christ died for us on the cross. We hear the answer saying God does not die. Who died is the human being. That answer is usually said to the other people from the other background. Ask about that. But on the other side, we pray in the divine liturgy saying, Your death, O Lord, we proclaim. I'd like to know him. Do you remember in the lecture I told you St. Cyril of Alexandria said exchange of properties? For example, whatever we say about the divinity can be said about the Lord Jesus Christ. And whatever said about the humanity can be said about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in him, humanity and divinity are united. God in himself does not die. But since the divinity is united with the humanity, we can say Jesus died on the cross, the Lord died on the cross, God died on the cross. But when we say God died on the cross, definitely we don't mean the divinity died, because the divinity doesn't die. But as sincerely explained, if you have a piece of iron, and this iron is heated with fire, and you hit on it, you know, then what is actually hit here, being hit here, is the iron, although it's united. If you bend it, what's bent here is the iron, not the fire. What died in the cross is the humanity. But if I say is the humanity, I am now speaking about two separate natures. And I cannot speak about humanity and divinity separate. Who died on the cross, God in the flesh, the incarnated Son of God. But I understand that divinity does not die. But so, to be accurate, the humanity that is united with the divinity died on the cross. As I told you, like the soul was separated from the body, the soul separated from the body, but the soul is united with the divinity and the body united with the divinity. Sometimes when people from a non-Christian background you know, they will not understand the unity of Christ. So in explanation to them, we tell them the humanity died. And we cannot say, we cannot speak about humanity, not the united with divinity, because this the diophysis or the mysterious heresy. Just to explain, God, we don't believe that God dies. But when we use the term, your death, O Lord, yes, because that's what St. Cyril spoke, exchange of property. can say, God was hungry after fasted 40 days. But the divinity never gets hungry. And I can say the Son of Man ascended to heaven, or the Son of Man will judge the world. But the Son of Man cannot ascend. The Son of Man cannot judge the world. You understand? But this is what St. Cyril meant by the exchange of properties. Whatever we can say about the humanity, can be said about the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and whatever can say about the divinity can be said about the Lord Jesus Christ because in him the two natures are united together. Does the authors of the Bible directly write the books attributed to them? Yes. Or were these texts produced by communities who heard their teaching and later compiled a book and named it after them? No, that's not right. They say Markinian community followed St. Mark for the Gospel of St. Mark rather than solely by individual like St. Mark or prophet like Isaiah and the Old Testament. No. These, these theories comes from the biblical criticism who want to cast a doubt on the Bible and the authority of the Bible and the fallibility of the Bible and the inspiration of the Bible. No. It is written by the authors. Gospel of St. Mark written by St. Mark. Gospel of St. Luke written by St. Luke. Uh, prophecy of Isaiah written by Isaiah. Okay. Glory be to God forever. Amen.